Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt-Bernard. Dave Schrader. Mike Molina. And Nouveau Grandpère, Ralph W. Basher, MD, the Hackmaster. Grandpère. That yes. sounds like a lot bigger deal than you are. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's right. <laughs> I just want to point that out. You know, nothing against you at all. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. There's too many There's not enough love to go around. You got that right, so back off. No, no wait a minute. <laughs> it occurred to me, you know, what we were talking about last hour with all of this, you know, what do you do? How do you how do you solve these problems? If the politicians that we have in office are all concerned about just one particular special interest group, then you're never going to get anything accomplished. No, but it has to be are. the greater good. It can't all be about a special interest group. And it seems like most politicians are in the pocket of somebody. Okay. Because special interest groups will pay you to represent them. Exactly. We, we have Isn't an that in, horrible? We have an individual who in, in America who m- many people respect unbelievably well, a, a huge amount. And that individual, based on his color, might be able to make a difference in South Chicago because he's from Chicago. So why don't we have Barack Obama 
going there to South Chicago to try to heal this place and try to get these like kids away from that. We have Jesse Does he Jackson. Want to do it? I don't care if he wants to. He has, should have a social <laughs> sense or a social sense of responsibility to go do that to help that community. We're killing kids. I agree. He could. I agree. Because the guy's not. He's smart. He should be able to come to some help these kids come to some sort of an agreement and you know, do a negotiation, a peace, try to get a peace among these gangs and these kids, and get them some and get them some jobs or get them some counseling or get them whatever they need to get away from that. No, oh, no, that's not happening. That, but, well, what you get is you get you get people who get more money to put into programs. That never get to the kids, right? And don't help anybody. Oh, it's like, where does it all go? It what goes happens? Right to graft goes right to graft. These kids exactly. aren't seeing it. I also don't either. think you can. I don't. Th- I don't think you can unprogram twenty years of uh, both being told by everyone you know and uh, everything you see on TV and the radio that you know, drugs and hoes is you know the ultimate achievement in life but yeah you know well, that's true because if they've been told that their entire life awesome. you know they're 25 years old it's like what are you going to do just say nope your entire life uh you've been wrong so you just need to admit how well, dumb you are that, that's where the uh, they're a, not a program that would tell them something else that there are options that there are choices that you can make you right. don't have to live like that it, it, no one's ever going to be- admit that they're wrong for that but long, there's a huge amount of love and respect for that man in that community mm-hmm that's he right. has an opportunity, That's a very huge true. amount of love and respect. Just like your uh, Tom, just like your mom loved, uh, you know, loved uh, uh, John F. Kennedy. People right. love this man. He was Catholic. Go do, <laughs> go. Well, it's because he was Catholic. That's right. That's why? Go do the work. No reason yeah, why you can't well, do that. I will tell you this: uh, when the tornado hit North Minneapolis several years ago, R.T. Ryback was mayor of Minneapolis, and I called him and said that Catherine and I would like to help out. If any people had uninsured homes, we'd certainly like to help them rebuild, blah, blah, blah. Never even bothered to call me back. I never even got a call from his assistant, from him, from it. Never heard back from him. Then a fire broke out on West Broadway, which burned part of Bricks Market. Bricks Market gave my mother credit because she couldn't afford to pay for groceries when I was a little kid. So they gave her credit, helped us out. Okay, I wanted to help out and say, hey, if Bricks Market needs any help or whatever, uh, I'd like to, Catherine and I would like to step up and help them uh, rebuild and do all that stuff. Never heard back from uh, Betsy Hodges either. Never heard back from either one of them, either mayor of Minneapolis. Tried to help out, offered help, offered money, offered whatever we could do. They never even bothered to call us back. It didn't uh, jive with her Facebook postings. Right, exactly. That's exactly it. So I, I don't know how you help people because the people in charge don't give a rat's ass yeah. about helping anybody. People don't want to be helped, I don't think. Well, they'll I allow you to help if you help them first. If you gave money to their campaign, you'd get a phone call back. Yeah, well, if you remember, I endorsed both of them. And uh, what good did silly, it do? Silly, silly yeah. man. What an idiot I was for, for that move. <laughs> I haven't endorsed many mayoral candidates lately, I'll tell you that, <laughs> or any candidate for that matter. I don't know that I ever would again. I don't know if I'd ever endorse a, a uh, political candidate again. What about Teapaw? He wants to come back in. Is he going to come back? Is he going to run That's for governor the... again? Teapaw. <laughs> Tim, Tim Oh, I was like, well, who the hell? Do you think, Tom, just out of curiosity, do you think they thought, I mean, you got to realize that the, the agencies get a lot of crank calls. If somebody claiming to be Tom Bernard calls in and wants to pay to fix this, do you think there's any 
chance that maybe they just rolled their eyes at it thinking that it was a, a, a joke, a hoax, or it just never got Wouldn't to the right sure, person. Though. They should know the voice, though. They'll never, make, they'll never know unless they make a phone call back and see if it's actually true. Yeah, even they wouldn't have to call back. They could have an assistant uh, call back or, mm. or have somebody yeah. check and make sure that it is me. Uh, it's and like, they didn't bother to do that it, even. Yeah, it's like this uh, show that we're watching, Looming Towers. Somebody came up to the embassy in Kenya and said, "There's going to there's going to be a bomb. There's going there, there's people planning to bomb this embassy, and they didn't check on it because there's just so many people that walk yeah. up and say things all the time. God. I sometimes like imagine what if I could I, if I went back in time, I found myself 24 hours before 9/11 happened. What could I do to stop it? And I think the answer is nothing. No, nothing you could do as an individual. No, no. just some random person. No matter no. what you say, you don't have any proof. They're not going to believe you. So it's just, you know, one of those realities. Man, pretty much true. It's, hmm. it's sad, but true. I, I think that's the best way to put it. Try. It's sad, but true. I, I don't know. Well, the problem is, if you try, they don't listen, and then it happens. They're like, hmm, I wonder how he knew. Well, we better bring him in. And, yeah, now suddenly, and you say, I tried to tell you. Well, and then, then now suddenly you're in a cell uh, for the rest of your life because they think that you're like a, you were part of Al-Qaeda or something. Well, so that's also a problem. Maybe you were, but you turned. Uh, but in that case, they're, they're going to want to get information which you don't have, but they'll think you do have. Well, you're overthinking it. I mean, if you know something, you've got to say something. That's just all there is to it. Duh. Besides, yeah, if you've got a time machine, Andy, you just tell the people, and then you jump back in the time machine and come back to the current day. Yeah. Just repeatedly tell them over and over. <laughs> just over and over and over. Keep Dozens of copies How all enter at the same do I time. I to tell you? <laughs> That, I don't think there is one an answer. Uh, I don't think there are several answers for all all the problems we have because people are so self-centered now. Maybe the most uh, maybe the most selfish people of all time are the people of today. All those horrendous crimes that were committed. Uh, people will do anything for money, which disgusts me. Uh, it's unbelievable. Well, I do radio for money, so I shouldn't talk. <laughs> but <laughs> You know what I'm saying. You know. What I'm Thank saying. you. For oh, by the way, I didn't have to say that. Joe from St. Louis wants to know at the beginning of this hour if you said, "Did Ralph just say he's grumpy?" <laughs> <laughs> Grandpere. So, yes, Ralph is a brand new grandfather. Grandfather for the first time. Oh, congratulations, oh, Ralph. Thank you. Brooklyn Fox, Very Brooklyn cool. Fox. This is the second, the middle name's a shout out to my mother. That was her maiden name, but since he's one eighth uh, Native American or Indian, as uh, Frank the uh, Yurok elder says, uh, he, the fox is also his spirit animal. So we're getting double duty out of that. Nice, name. yeah, kind of cute. And where did Brooklyn come from? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, that's out of the blue. I have no idea where Brooklyn the reason comes I, from. The reason I asked you that is that somebody told me that your mother's maiden name was Brooklyn. I said, no. I, I sure? no, got her, the Fox part wrong. Fox, it was Fox, oh, see, oh, there we go. That, that was misinformation. Uh, yes. No, my mother's Game maiden name was Fox. So. No, you're lying. You did it because you watched Fox News. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> There's another reason. He might, he, it might be in a conservative family. He might be in a conservative family. So, or a libertarian. I wonder family. if anybody, if anybody has the middle name CNN. <laughs> I'm sure someone out there. Somebody probably did do it. CNN. So Brooklyn Fox is uh, 
how many, how many days old? He's very cute. I saw a photo. Uh, it's four days old. It's P.O.D. four. Four days old. Post up day four right now. Gosh. There you go. Nice. Yeah. And so. just a couple of months from now, Alex will have her second child. Sweet. It's very cool. As I told your wife, I said, it's so much easier being a grandparent than it is being a parent. <laughs> I don't so know. much easier. I don't know. I don't know. The emotion and the, and the stress that went into this, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Man, it's. Believe it, me, it gets easier. Oh, it gets easier. <laughs> <laughs> As long as everything goes well. I, I just exactly as you guys were talking, I was just looking at my at my screen. There's an ad. You guys know what Burger Fi is? You ever eaten at a Burger Fi? No. It it's a burger chain that is phenomenal. They're they're, they're high end hamburgers. They're not cheap. The only one I've ever seen is the one near here. Yeah. So maybe that is the only one. Only one. No, no, no. They're all they're all over the. I, they're all over one certain area, and they're going to branch yeah, out. It's I'm a sure. Franchise. Mm. This thing is called the Loaded Chili Cheeseburger for a limited time only. The Loady, Loaded Chili Cheeseburger. It looks like it. One oh, burger has about four thousand calories. Yeah. It's got French fries <laughs> stuffed inside of the chili. <laughs> There's French fries, chili. They're one, two, three, Jeez. four burger patties. This is one hamburger. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess those people that are on uh, painkillers, they can eat one of these and that'll solve all I had a double Whopper for the first time in like a year, two years maybe, <laughs> and yesterday. Why? Uh, because I I, have, I hadn't had Burger King in a long time and I was like, hmm, why not? I, I could only eat half of it for one, and then yeah. I felt sick for about six hours after. <laughs> Why would it make you sick? I don't... I just... Well, remember when I was a kid, we used to go to McDonald's, and then as soon as we got home, I would throw up. Yes, yeah. that's true. I don't know. There's just something in fast food burgers that doesn't agree with me. It's and your I mother's fault. I'd it's like to point that out. some sort of weird, rancid oil, maybe. When I, when mm. I was in college, we <laughs> Weird, did, rancid oil. When I was in college, I, I took a classical cuisine course, and I, you know, I was about maybe 19 at the time. I took classical cuisine course. Cuisine course, and we uh, everybody was to cook. The groups were you were broken up. And you're supposed to cook a meal for the rest of the class each weekend, so you got a sense of what restaurant prep or pre-prep and thing was like. One weekend, they made prime rib with Yorkshire pudding, and Yorkshire pudding you use the drippings off the prime rib to make mm-hmm. this this pudding or this like uh, popover kind of stuff. And he made that, and, and I'm there, and you're 19, and you, it was it was pretty much all you could eat. There was more prime rib than you knew what to do with. So I ate as much as I, much of that. I ate the Yorkshire pudding, everything else that they had prepped. I went home like you, Andy. I went home afterwards. I slept face down for about eight hours. <laughs> it was just meat coma. Oh, oh, oh terrible! <laughs> oh. You were in a meat coma. <laughs> that meat is very coma. I like that. I like meat coma. That works for me. Yeah, I would just meat. say that. By the way, Molina, you were right. Uh, Bob Motzko was named the head coach of the University of Minnesota hockey team. Great, uh, great story here. St. Cloud State coach Bob Motzko will replace Don Lucia as Gophers hockey coach. Sources told the Star Tribune on Tuesday. Motzko turned 57 on Tuesday, one week after Lucia announced he was stepping down on my terms, alongside Gophers athletic director Mark Coyle. <clears throat> sure you are. Anyway, uh, sources said a team meeting will take place today at Minnesota as well as uh, St. Cloud to inform players. First of all, St. Cloud is a damn good hockey program. Yes. But uh, the, the Austin, Minnesota native is a 1987 St. Cloud State graduate who was a two-year letter winner, 85 and 86 for the Huskies. Motsko began his coaching career as an assistant at St. Cloud State 
under Herbie Brooks. There you go. In 1986-87, before serving as coach and GM of the North Iowa Huskies of the USHL from 1987-91, he spent two years as associate head coach at Miami, Ohio. Uh, and, of course, he went back up to his alma mater, coach there, but now he is the new head coach of the University of Minnesota hockey team. I think it's a hell of a choice. What do you think, Molina? Yeah, I like it. I've, I've been wanting to get rid of Don for a while now, so I welcome this move. Don Lucia, he, uh, he had, what, one winning year out of the whole time he was there? I won back-to-back national championships. It was uh, 02 and 03. There it was, two, so it was 02 and 03, so there are two, okay. Uh, which everything looked wonderful. But, you know, it's not all Don Lucia's fault because this went from a two, and I thought for one, but no, the UMD's been in Division One since the 1930s. Um, uh, St. Cloud became Division One. How many, how many Division One hockey teams are there in Minnesota now? There, there oh, well, that's the thing are. is, of all the states, uh, or of all the schools in state, we, uh, we're fourth or fifth because there's UMD, there's right. Mankato, there's St. Cloud State, Mankato, there's Bemidji. St. Cloud State. Bemidji, so. there you go. So, yeah, I mean, that, that all of the players used to either go to UMD or the University of Minnesota. Well, that changed after several other uh, Division I. Uh, but I, what I couldn't believe is St. Cloud has been a Division I team now for 30 years. Did you know that? No. 30 years. It's, it's like, I think it was uh, mid-'80s, somewhere in a, or, I don't know, might have, hmm. might have been 19, I don't know. It's, it's been a while. You could, we could look it up, how long the University of Minnesota, uh, excuse me, the University of St. Cloud has, uh, or St. Cloud State University, I guess is the way to put it, has been a Division One hockey team. We'll find out, and we'll be back right after this and tell you, Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom for Flo. For the past 35 years, Flo's passion to invent a better way has created some of the finest recreational products available. Flo's Cargo Max trailer line is a perfect example of their innovation. This trailer is redefining the utility trailer industry. They start with a strong aluminum frame and then add a thermoform polymer bed. It gives you a nearly indestructible one-piece trailer body. And since it's molded, it adds style that the trailer industry has never seen. They even beat it with a large sledgehammer at 20 below zero to prove how tough it is. Best of all, you'll never worry about dents, rust, rot, or paint. Visit their website at floeintl.com to find your local dealer and to see videos of this unique trailer, including a video showing hockey star Ryan Suter shooting pucks at it, trying to break it. You'll quickly see how Flow has earned the reputation for quality products and offering you more for your money. Flow, a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. 
We need our food fast. That's the real appeal of Chinese food. But Chinese food almost comes too quickly. You're like, yeah, I will have... Oh, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you know I even wanted that? Fastest to prepare, slowest to eat. I prefer the Chinese restaurants that have the silverware on the table when you arrive, because there's nothing more humiliating than starting with chopsticks and having to turn to the waiter and be like, uh, yeah, hi, uh, I'm too white. (laughs) <laughs> do, do you have a shovel back there? Uh, chopsticks are fun, but I'd rather eat than play Operation. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, as good as it gets. Uh, by the way, as we pointed out that Motsko, the new uh, head coach of the University of Minnesota Gopher hockey team, uh, at St. Cloud State, he was a two-year letter winner in 85 and 86. St. Cloud became Division One in 87. <laughs> One wow. year after he left. <laughs> the 87-88 season. Uh, Herb Brooks took over in 86-87. Then the next year, they became Division One. So pretty damn cool, actually. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good news for Minnesotans, I, you know. I think. But you know, they also let pass all play on their ice, so that's saying something. Well, see, that's the other thing. By the way, still to this day, ladies and gentlemen, the most penalized player in the history of St. Cloud State hockey, Jeff Passel. It's true. He's That's the most... so weird because he's like such a nice guy. He's one of the Hanson brothers. Yes, he's one of the Hanson brothers. Exactly. Slap shot. Boy, you know, I just walked I my kids through that. My, my son likes to see some of these classic movies, and we, we watched uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and Cool Ooh, Hand Luke. And then, of course, it says, because you've watched those, you should watch Slapshot. And i got to be honest, the only time I've ever watched Slapshot is when it was on commercial TV. And right. I, I'm like, yeah, let's watch oh, Slapshot. My son Uh-oh. loves sports. Wow, I didn't know Paul yeah. Newman was so foul, foul and filthy in that movie. But, uh, oh, yeah. What a great flick, man. That, that first slap shot is just, it's such a classic sports movie. It's, it's awesome. So if, if you're running the Paul new- Newman was about as good as God. Yeah. yeah. If you're running the yeah. Paul Newman table, you've got to watch The Hustler. Yes, that's an excellent oh. But it's in black and white. It's a little harder to push the black and white films. Did you like the sequel to it, The Color of Money, with uh, Tom Cruise and, and Paul Newman? No. Yeah, no? I, like I thought Paul it was pretty Newman. good, actually. Yeah, yeah I no, like Paul Newman. If he's in it, I'll watch it. No Jackie Gleason. That's the problem. Right. Oh, Jackie was so good in that movie. It was unbelievable. I remember, honestly, God, that the end of Cool Hand Luke. I <laughs> saw it at a drive-in. I saw it at the Starlight Drive-In in Brooklyn Park, uh, Minnesota. Uh, the Starlight. That was the drive-in for us, ladies and gentlemen. All the North Side kids, troublemakers. There was the Colonial out on Highway 55, which actually had a balcony. I'm not kidding you. The cars could park up one level at the very back of the drive-in. Wow. There fewer to... mosquitoes up there or more? Nah, I don't know, but it was kind of like being in a balcony in a car. <laughs> That's pretty cool. cool. But... I remember driving away from the Starlight Theater at the end of that movie as the credits were rolling. If you remember, at the very end of the movie, all they do is show Paul Newman's picture. And I honestly, I remember feeling kind of weird about it because I went, good God, that guy's handsome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm a high school kid talking about God. That guy's really handsome, but he was man. What a, and a great actor. Yeah, not here's a guy who did not live off his looks. He was also a phenomenal. He actor. was. Yeah, great competitor too. Nice, right. ju- nice Jewish boy. You knew that, right? Oh no, I didn't. No, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, Paul Paul Newman is a nice Jewish boy. Yeah, he, ah! yeah, he also was a great race car driver. Very, very competitive. That's what I that's what I understand. I understand he was damn good at uh, driving up there at Brainerd. He went to Brainerd all the time. Do you know what his diet was pretty much every day? No. Nope. Paul Newman's diet pretty much every day was popcorn and beer. That's what he ate. Bags of popcorn and uh, several cans of beer every day. That's it? I guess, yeah. Hmm. Well, probably not that's it, but a lot of the time. That's what he liked. He just figured out, oh, this is what I like to eat. This is what tastes good to me, and it's what I like to drink, so that's what I'm going to do. I might put him through the paces of the sting as well. That's another good one. It is, yeah. But I tell you, you you said you started with Butch Cassidy? Yeah, no, Cool Hand Luke, then we watched Butch Cassidy. Cool Hand Luke. And then we rolled into Slapshot. How about Strother Martin? Did your son like Strother Martin? Oh, yeah. What we have here. (laughs) It was funny because he he pointed out in every movie, he goes, hey, Dad, that's Captain. And I didn't realize Strother Martin was in, like, every Paul Newman movie. He was in all three of those. (laughs) He was he the was. he was the like manager of the uh, the team for uh, Slapshot, and then in um, uh, in uh, the, oh gosh Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, he was one of the the sheriffs or deputies or something like that, and mm-hmm. then he was uh, uh, the captain. Wish you'd stop being so good to me, Captain. <laughs> <Gives him> that. <laughs> the greatest. That is a Strother great movie. Martin. It is a it is a great movie. There's no doubt about it. He was a hell of an actor too. Yeah, but he was a little man with a high voice. But when he showed his anger, he he was kind of smoldered at first. When he showed his anger, he was he was a hell of an actor. There's no doubt about it. Those are good movies. That so. How old is your son? Uh, he's going to be 16 in June. So did he did he love the movies? Yeah, he did. I was I was my dad and I always talk and we we riff lines off of. Uh, uh, cool hand Luke all the time, and my son laughs at the lines. And I said, "Well, you want to watch a movie?" He goes, "All right, I'll watch it." And he sat down and watched it. And he was, I, I didn't know, you know, you know, I just don't know how some of these movies are going to land. I think it's going to be a great movie for my kids, and they look at me like I'm high. And then there's other movies I thought there's no way they're going to love, and they, you know, they watch it over and over again. So it's, yeah, it, yeah but he loved them. He he thought it was great. And like I said, we just kind of made a little marathon of it over, you know, about two weeks of just watching different Paul Newman movies as they came up. Tom just made Andy watch a classic film. Which I one? did. I didn't make him do it. Yeah, you kind of did. <laughs> we watched <laughs> Murder by Death with Peter Falk. Yes. And, uh, oh, God. Yeah, that was loaded movie. with, wasn't that um, Peter Sellers Everybody played uh, yeah. uh, Peter Charlie Sellers. Chan yep. character, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Bernadette Peters, Wayne. was she in that? Uh, no. no. Who was, was the, oh, it was, was um, uh, Eileen Maggie Brennan, Smith. wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Eileen, Eileen Brennan, Brennan yep. was in it, yep. She yeah. was Peter Falk's uh, love interest for her, but not for him. And then you had uh, uh, Truman Capote. Yeah. Truman Capote was the bad guy, right. exactly. Two Two Twain. One of the first scenes in the movie. Two Two Twain, exactly. <laughs> That's where he lived. That was his address. Two Two Twain. Don't ask me what my kids' names are. I can't remember them, but I can tell you stupid lines and, and addresses from movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, when they dress for dinner, Peter Falk comes out wearing a tuxedo with a white jacket. And as he turns his back to so me, he goes, my God, there's a bullet hole in the back of your jacket. And he goes, yeah, well, you should see the other guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a bullet hole in his back. That's really nice. But the things that they say about yeah. Mr. Wang in that movie, oh, right. holy God. 
There is no way they could make that movie. That was written by Neil Simon, too, by the way, one of the best writers of a comedy of all time. Well, to have have Peter Sellers uh, completely made up in Oriental makeup and and everything as well. I don't know if that would fly in today's society. That that would be Yellowface. Yellowface, right, Yellowface. Yeah, Yellowface. Well, Peter Falk. Now, don't anybody get mad at me about this because it was said in the movie and we were like, what did he just say? Peter Falk goes, I guarantee you one thing. Whoever the bad guy is, he's got a terrible sense of smell. They go, well, why do you think that? Look around. We're all Caucasian except for Wang, and this guy can't even smell out the Chinaman. (laughs) Oh, my my God. I don't think Sam Diamond was supposed to be a good guy. No, he was not supposed to be a good guy. People are often not entirely aware of that kind of context. (laughs) He couldn't even sniff out the the Chinaman, that's what he said. Well, it's like when you watch Breakfast at Tiffany's and uh, Mickey Rooney. Oh, right. I've Just, never seen that movie. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, he is such a bet. He's got, like, the huge fake buck teeth and the yeah. pulled back eyes and the little black. Uh, oh, 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 oh. And he's, so like, just bad. doing this. Oh, yeah. Look it up, Tom. Look it on Mickey your computer. Rooney's? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's one of the most racist. Yep. Har- My dad and I were watching, um, when I was a kid, we were watching on Channel 11. They did the old movie serials of, like, wow. Captain Atomic yeah. and the Midnight Man and all these deals. And we're watching the one, and it, it was all the villains uh, were always the uh, Japanese, the Chinese, or the Russians. And the one, the Masked Avenger, has the guy's uh, tied to a chair, and he goes... Have you uh, have you worked out my plan yet? And they're and they're like, no, we don't understand. And he goes, I knew it wouldn't appeal to your small-minded Chinese Oriental ways. Oh. And then later on, he kept calling them slanty-eyed bastards. And my dad and I are like, what is this? But it was just such a weird I... time in history that that was the villain. They didn't have the bad guys like the Joker. They didn't have you yeah. know these superheroes all fought uh, wartime uh, villains. I.Y. Yunioshi is his name. That is the most disgusting makeup I've Isn't ever it? seen. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's very bad. He has got such buck teeth that oh, yeah. his cheeks puff out. So Not just his lips, but his entire, his entire face is yeah. puffy. Yeah. So That's at a bad. time when blackface was unacceptable, when it, no one was doing blackface at that time. No. Were they? They were no. still doing no, yellowface. Still doing yellow face. That's fascinating. Yeah, they that were. is. W- no, oh. they were. Oh, I, rem- I remember Peter Sellers in the Pink Panther series. Yeah. It was always Kato, my little yellow friend. Right. <laughs> I you, mean, it's do like you think... they just didn't well, think about it then. Breakfast uh, Tiffany's came out in what, 1990? Is that right? No. 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 61. 61. Right. Yeah, yeah it was in the 60s. Uh, n- mm-hmm. Okay, so you're talking 15 years, 16 years after the end of World War II. Do you think it was because of the the Japanese and the whole bombing mm-hmm. of Pearl Har- uh, Pearl Harbor and all that? Yeah. Absolutely. Because we didn't have any maybe any, anybody else. We had the communists, but still, those were the North Koreans. After with uh, yeah, because we were just uh, coming off of the Korean War, um, and then Vietnam uh, it was just starting to cook up. Then, so really, all of our all of the bad guys were Asian. All the bad guys were nationalistic bad guys. But they still, even though they didn't do the blackface, they still played up the heavy-duty stereotypes of those characters. Oh, sure. You know, from the Asian through the right. uh, uh, the African-American culture. So even in the movies up into the 70s, well, especially in the 70s during the black exploitation film fests, right? Right. Uh, Blackula right. and, and all of those movies, they, they were still playing up heavily on a lot of the old... Um, 
you know, stereotypes and, and prototypes of, of the character. So they didn't have to dress them up. The black community was stepping up and doing that for, you know, for Hollywood at that point. They were still playing to that stereotype. Yeah. Superfly. Yeah, Superfly. Yeah, very, very true. Superfly. Uh <clears throat> In his obituary, it says, at the age of 93, actor Mickey Rooney has passed away. The Mickey Rooney role, nobody wants to talk much about Yuni Yoshi in the classic 1961 film Breakfast at Tiffany's. There, they saw when he died eight years ago. Well, matter of fact, he's been dead, excuse me, four years ago. He died on April 8th, 2014, so coming up in just uh, about a week and a half. He'll have been dead for four years. The, the Mickey Rooney role nobody wants to talk much about, <laughs> Mr. Yunioshi. It is, I can't believe that they did that. Right. Well, I mean, it, even in 1961. Do you have the audio from that by any chance, Mike? Yeah, I've been trying to track it down, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, his audio is horrible. I met Mickey at a conference, oh, it had to be about seven or eight years ago, and I felt so horrible for this guy. He was in a chair. Um, sitting at, at this table, and it was a little side table. He wasn't even treated like a, a major celebrity. He was like, you know, in between the guy that played the headhunter on Gilligan's Island and, you know, uh, Major Don West from uh, uh, Lost in Space. So it's all these kind of mm-hmm. very small character actor bit roles. And and there's Mickey Rooney, and he's sitting there, and it looks like he's chewing his cud the whole time. He's just working his jaw, and he was so angry to be there. He'd sign your autograph. He wouldn't talk. He wouldn't. But it was it was like handlers. He had this woman next to him and another guy, and they would like push him and needle him to do these signatures. I felt so bad for that guy. And then in his story, what he you know he had a, a pretty weird ending. If you're ever interested, I'll. I'll get uh, Bill Burns on the show for you. He wrote kind of the definitive book on uh, Mickey Rooney. But talk about a weird ending to that guy's life. What a uh, bizarre. He was kind of just corralled out there and, and, and ponied out to cash in on as much as they could possibly get out of him before he passed away. Wasn't but he, he, like, crazy? Well, to find crazy. of someone else. <laughs> yeah. 20, <laughs> well, exactly. 22 marriages will do that to a man. <laughs> He was, God, he, was, he was married, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, and, six, seven, and why was eight he at times. Com- and why was he at Comic-Con? <laughs> uh, actually, it was Dragon-Con, which is just this all-over convention. They have celebrities from every milieu there that are just signing autographs. But Mickey just looked like he hated the world and wanted nothing to do with being at this place. And I don't know that he was all there mentally, the acuity, because he just looked like he was lost and angry. It was it was the most surreal thing you'd ever see. Yeah. That is sad. That's good. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. He was broke when he died too, wasn't he? I don't know. Yes, yes, he was. Well, eighteen thousand. So at eighteen, not broke, but yeah. Oh God, we'll be back. I'm gonna go cry now. Tom Bernard, Joe. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact. And the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win. And they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. 
This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Why are you pointing that? Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? Yep. You know, I've, you know, I've never seen that movie. Oh, is it just me, or I, I don't know about that? But they talk about what a romantic and loving movie this was. It was basically about a guy and a prostitute, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the, the, the it gist of it. Really? Yeah, it's basically it's George yeah. George Papard. Pretty woman. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind George of a, Papar, a precursor yeah. to Pretty Woman with mm-hmm. Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney as a Japanese. Yeah. Guy. I didn't know that. I had no yeah. idea. So, so Audrey Hepburn was a hooker. Yes. Yeah. Well, she was like a high, like, see, high profile idea. hooker, oh, like, call a, like a social oh, like. Yeah. We call, call them escorts. That's yeah, so much I mean, not me personally, but uh, <laughs> but she <laughs> was very good personally. looking, especially in that movie. Oh, yeah. Audrey Hepburn, yeah. beautiful. Wow. Did you ever see her in Wait Until Dark? No. Well, if you've never seen Wait Until Dark, no. watch it. She's a blind woman. Oh, and yeah, uh, a, a bunch of a, a bunch of criminals start preying on her, and mm-hmm. she obviously can't see. So it's it's a da- she's damn good in that movie. She's really good. Let me know when R. Keith Harris is ready to go. All right. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Works for me. Yeah. I, I Audrey Hepburn is uh, isn't that Alex's favorite actor? Yes, she loves her. And why is no. that? Why did that happen? Um, I don't know. Probably because you know Audrey was. You're one of your favorite actresses, and she's a fashion icon and all that stuff. I don't know. Why is anybody like anybody? <laughs> what, what do you mean, why does anybody like anybody? What the hell kind of response is that? And Kathy, why do you like Tom? Is this a good time? Let's, get, let's start working through this now. Yeah. Why do you like Tom? Why does anybody like anybody? I don't know. Thank God. Thanks, honey. Sometimes you just like people. There's no really good reason. Like Tom at all. I don't understand it. <laughs> That's really great. That's really. Uh, she died of appendix cancer. That's an unusual one. How Whoa. old was she? Sixty-three. Why didn't they just remove it? Oh. Well, because it was asymptomatic. It's asymptomatic yeah. until it's too late. Yeah. Oh, that's, and she was only sixty-three years old. Yep. Man. Was she related to Catherine Hepburn at all? I don't think so. Well, they were not even related? I don't think so. I have no idea. I mean, it might be, but I don't think so. I haven't a clue, I will tell you that. Well, 12 cases per million people. So, yeah, it's pretty rare. Boy, she got unlucky. And we heard some terrible news this morning that Chris Dolman has uh, brain cancer. Uh, Chris Dolman, of course, one of the great Vikings of all time. He's only 56 years old. He uh, was playing golf, and his nose started running, and uh, some some fluid was dripping from out of the side of his mouth, and he said it tasted sour. So he went to the doctor to get checked oh. out, and turned out he he has the same kind of brain cancer as uh, as um, McCain. 
Oh, that's oh. Senator McCain. Not Glio- great. A glioblastoma. I think so, yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's exactly it's a glioblastoma is. by his uh, olfactory area and his frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. Not good, huh? Whoa, man, that's wrong. Well, if they caught it somehow at stage one, but I, I don't well, know. Well, there were already, there still were two other tumors that, that were in there. There were three total so no, tumors. Stage two, at least. So it's stage two, at least. So yes. they removed one of the, they removed the big tumor, but the other two, they're, they're doing, uh, I don't know if it's radiation chemo. or chemo or what they're doing, but Chris Dolman was one of the classiest, nicest guys I ever met in my entire life, and I hope all the best for him. I hope he lives yeah. a very long and healthy life. And he's only 56. The, he's only 56 years old. Catherine, do you remember Chris Dolman at that uh, we were going in the summertime through the Parade of Homes, and this very large black man in front of us, with, I knew it was Chris Dolman. You probably didn't. Remember he drank that big glass of iced tea and what was at the bottom of the glass? I do not remember this. Don't you really? No. Chris Dolman was all, as I said, I didn't, he was not a friend. I didn't know him, you know, when he was with the Vikings. We've had him on the show before. Just the nicest guy. He, it was all about you. It was never about him. You know, it is never about him. He lives in Atlanta now. And as I said, I hope he lives a very long life because he's one of the nicest guys ever. But imagine this. Here's a guy the size of a building, a uh, big star. He has everything, right? So he's, it's very hot, and he's at the Parade of Homes, and he just slugs down this entire glass of iced tea, and at the bottom of the glass of iced tea are three cigarette butts. Oh. oh! Yum! And he looked into the glass and just showed it to the guy and put the glass down and walked away. Did not make mm-hmm. a big deal out of it. Didn't start yelling and screaming and having a fit. He just he knew it was an accident and he didn't make a big deal. I would I really admired him for that. I thought that's that's pretty classy for a guy like uh, Chris Oof. Dolman to do. So I like this. He spent five weeks in the hospital and lost forty pounds, dropping to two thirty two. Oh no, he's wasting away. Oh, he was a he's a giant man. He's what is he about six four, six five, something like that. At two thirty, at two seventy two, I would hope at least. Yeah, he's... Uh, 272 at any height is yeah, big. big. Yeah, but I mean, he was all muscle. There was not a, there was no fat on Chris Dolman, I'll tell you that. He was one of my favorite players to watch. But I wanted to mention that because he's such a great guy, class guy, a very nice man. And the... Uh, what is it? Aglioblastoma? Is that... Yep, it sounds That's like what it's called. Or it's I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. glioblastoma. It, it was, it was, yeah, it was a glioblastoma, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's so. Does it does it say what stage it is, Andy? Uh, no, it does not. But, but I'm guessing since the nose thing happened, I'm guessing what happened is it encroached on the uh, the um, barrier between the brain and the sinus or something like that, yep. and caused a fluid leak. And that was actually that's actually a good thing really? because if that hadn't happened, they wouldn't, wouldn't know have known it was it. there. Yeah, yeah. No, so he, it might be. Stage two and stage two is curable. Yeah, he would have he would have had he would have gone on to lateralizing symptoms pretty quick. Where one side is yeah. weak or some such thing like that. I don't know if that's something yeah, his like left that. Left side gonna, is weak. Yeah. Well, he has. Yeah, he had uh, one side uh, numbness, but that's since gone away, and that's not unusual at all after brain surgery like that. Yeah, he said he couldn't move his left toes or his left fingers, uh, fingers on his left hand. Uh, Scary stuff. Paresthesia. Yeah, so. That's what it's called. Yes. It's but also yeah. called, apparently Keith isn't calling, so, oh well. Whatever. 
Uh, it's our Keith anyway, Andy. That's true. Might Get it right. Uh, at this point, well, it's, it's too it's late. It's too late now, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, well. He has a new movie out, but you'd recognize it. He's one of those guys. Our, our Keith Harris is one of those kind of guys that he, he never ages. He, he's, he looks like he's about 35 years old, and he has his entire life. He's <laughs> one of those guys, you know what? Yeah, bastard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, uh, did you guys watch Roseanne? Roseanne has come back. Oh, That's tonight. Finally, uh... Tonight it comes back. Oh, oh, it's tonight. Yeah, no, because apparently they sent out. Oh, yeah, they sent out screeners of it. That's why it was available to me. But I didn't watch it. I, I really like John Goodman. I like him a lot. But I I can't watch Roseanne. I can't do it. I might just have to uh, watch it just to see what everybody looks like now. Well, what's wrong? Because it's with the whole it? it's the whole cast, the original cast, right? Yeah, is it? Mm, I believe so. Yes. all the kids are the same. I believe yes. that's true, yes. This, this kind of sounds like that Mickey Rooney story where, where he's just sitting there, they're bringing all these old people back <laughs> into it. It sounds like, what an awful thing. Well, that's what they're doing, and apparently Hollywood's very upset because, of course, Roseanne Barr is a friend of Donald Trump's. Oh, yeah? She's yeah. chummy with him? Apparently, huh. Wow. Really? Apparently she has a very, it, the show is very pro-Donald Trump, and I guess oh my God. Uh, oh, no. a lot of people don't like that too oh. much. They're not, they're not real happy that... She's Ro- always been difficult to peg down. No doubt about it. No question. Roseanne returns to the airwaves tonight after signing off in 1997, and the reboot is getting lots of attention for more than the usual reasons of nostalgia. The show, especially the premiere that airs at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC Tonight, will have a distinctly Trumpian theme, reports the AP. I can see the Twitter feed now. It seems that Roseanne Barr's namesake character, Roseanne Connor, voted for Donald Trump, a decision that has caused serious friction with sister Jackie, once again played by Laurie Metcalf. A look at some of the coverage. Her argument in the show, Roseanne explains her vote thusly. He talked about jobs, Jackie. He said he'd shape things up. When Jackie tells her to watch the news because things are now worse... Well, that's not true, but Roseanne shoots back not on the real news. It's the most overtly political exchange, not only in the episode, but in all the nine episodes to come, writes Joanna uh, Weiss at Politico. She talks to executive producer Bruce Helford, who says the show will aim to get polarized families talking again. See, I like that. Maybe I will watch this show. Because the aim of the show is to get polarized families talking again. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah to I the mean, mass media, Trumpian means not anti-Trump, which is yeah, that's sad, true. but it's true. That, that is true. Well, that's, look at Will and Grace. They're very political. It's very political, but there's and only brought, one, one side of yeah. the argument. Yeah, and they brought back all the original people. It sounds yeah, like Roseanne did. is maybe going to try to be relatively neutral. Well, and it makes sense uh, because... Whereas Will and Grace did not. Yeah, Roseanne is uh, her her kind of family from that show were kind of the the quintessential Trump voters. Isn't that what they were saying? The kind of, you know, uh, right in that kind of roundhouse of of that. So it would make sense that Roseanne would be one of the people that would have have, uh, voted for him at that time. Hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. But apparently Roseanne has invested with Donald Trump as a businessman. Really? Roseanne, I didn't know this, but Roseanne, off the original run of Roseanne, made $200 million. So that's pretty good. She did pretty well with it. But I probably will watch this show now. Uh, People don't like it. 
I know the people that got the screeners, but again, you have to understand it's people in the business that get the screeners, yeah. Yeah. and they don't like it. They're not going to like anything that doesn't tell them no. how smart and great they are for believing what they believe. Right. No, it's very true. So, uh, I don't know, I'll watch it. Just, if, if the whole idea is to try to bring people together instead of, I'm right and you're wrong, which I'm really tired of. I don't care if it's far right or far left. I am so sick of I'm right and you're wrong. I, oh, God. Somebody just kind of down the middle, is that'd be good. What do you think? I like it. Yep. You know, not not namby-pamby either. You know, so it, it's that, that old, you know, socially liberal and fiscally conservative, mm-hmm. that old argument. Yep. I kind of like that. I like. I always kind of like that argument. That I, I don't want to judge anybody on what they are or who they are or whatever. I don't care. Get out you of know? my pocketbook. Yeah, don't get throw out the of money my down the toilet. Yeah. Get out of my pocketbook. Get <laughs> yeah. out of my bedroom. You know, it's interesting. Catherine and I went to Key West for vacation. We were on vacation last week, and we went to Key West. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was wonderful. We stayed over at Casa Marina, which is on the other side of the uh, Key, which is only a couple of miles from uh, Duval and Front Street. People were very, very friendly, and again, I don't care. So maybe that's why I, I didn't. It didn't jump out at me. It didn't give me a gay vibe at all. I, I don't know where people get this Key West is so gay thing. You know, I think it, I think on Halloween night and the there, there's a parade apparently on Halloween night, and people are way over the top in it or whatever. But is it that I didn't pick up on a gay vibe because I don't care? You think that's what it is? Maybe because it didn't didn't seem didn't seem gay to you, did it, Catherine? Well, no, more so than any no. place else I've ever been. But I, I just think that um, I think the reason why Key West became kind of sort of a an enclave for gay people is because it was kind of far away and they could be left alone. And now with the political climate the way it is, where people just don't care, I don't think that it's yeah, I, it just it's as hard to you know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't like, think they have to. Remember 15 years ago when gay pride parades were like a big thing for everyone to clap over? And now it's like they can have the biggest gay pride parade in the world and everyone's like, okay, what is this number 3,000? We just don't care anymore. Which is good. We shouldn't care. And that's where we're trying to get with politics, too. That, you know, if you're conservative, you're liberal, whatever, I don't care as long as we don't sit and bitch at each other constantly about everything and I'm a horrible person because of what my political views are. Uh, I'd like to get to that point. But the only other thing I would say about Key West was, and I'm sorry to admit this, but Ernest Hemingway's house is a shithole. Such a snob. It's a dump. With the cats? Oh, it's 64 cats they have there now. That's a lot of cats. Six-toed cats. And they're all six-toed cats, yeah. Also, they're all related. Yeah, they're they're all all descendants from his cats, apparently. So, I mean... It's kind of gross. The house... Inbreeding cats. I mean, it had the first swimming pool on Key West, and it's uh, it's just... The weirdest thing to me, and you, you would all notice this, when you walk upstairs to go to the upstairs bedrooms, you have to lean over to use the handrail because it's so short, and the steps are about maybe seven inches in depth. So you can get about half your foot on a step. That's about it. It was people were a lot smaller then, but that was just a little under a hundred years ago. Well, I remember going when we were in London. They were they showed us like the tomb of some knight or something. Yeah, and it was like a child's tomb. It was. You're absolutely right. There were tiny, tiny people. Mm, they were. 
We shall be right back. Part three, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> 